The following audio is from The Springs Church. More information about The Springs Church is available at thesprings.cc. Good morning, Springs Church. Welcome in the name of Jesus Christ. Welcome to so many familiar faces. It's so, so good to see so many of you starting to trickle back in. It's very, very exciting and encouraging And I want to welcome online as well, those still tuning in. We're grateful that you're joining us. And visitors, we just always want to make a point of saying we're glad you're here and especially honored by your presence and would love a chance to connect with you. We'd love a chance to get to know you, to talk with you uh, after service or um, just to hear from you, hear how we might be able to serve you and maybe how you might wanna serve this church. And so we've got visitor cards, I believe in the lobby or in your Sunday sheet, there's a QR code you can scan that should lead you to a digital version of our visitor card, but uh, we'd love a chance to, to get to connect with you and hear from you. I also want to invite you all specifically to our Easter Sunday service, and I should actually say services, because we're trying to accommodate the spacing that we're still doing, and also accommodate, we always have an uptick in numbers on Easter Sunday, so we are adding a service that morning. We'll have our regular 1030 a.m. Sunday morning service, but we're also going to have an early service at 9 a.m., So whichever one you come to, uh, we'd love for you to be there. We'd love for you to let us know. Uh, There should be a link in your email or I think at least on our Facebook page, website. I I know it's in your email. Go ahead and RSVP for which service you're going to come to on Easter, April 4th, the the 1030 or the 9. Whatever it is, we're excited to celebrate the resurrection of our Lord with you on Easter Sunday in a couple weeks. But we're in Mark this morning, continuing, and Ben kicked us off actually in the middle of the gospel in Mark chapter 8, and then last week we jumped back to the beginning, Mark 1, so this morning we're actually going to jump way towards the end, and we're going to be landing this morning in Mark chapter 14, spending time in verses 53 through 65. They took Jesus to the high priest. And all the chief priests, the elders, and the scribes were assembled. Peter had followed him at a distance, right into the courtyard of the high priest. And he was sitting with the guards, warming himself at the fire. Now the chief priests and the whole council were looking for testimony against Jesus to put him to death. But they found none. For many gave false testimony against him, and their testimony did not agree. Some stood up and gave false testimony against him, saying, We heard him say, I will destroy this temple that is made with hands, and in three days I will build another not made with hands. But even on this point, their testimony did not agree. Then the high priest stood up before them and asked Jesus, Have you no answer? What is it that they testify against you? But he was silent and did not answer. Again, the high priest asked him, Are you the Messiah, the Son of the Blessed One? Jesus said, I am. And you will see the Son of Man seated at the right hand of the power and coming with the clouds of heaven. Then the high priest tore his clothes and said, Why do we still need witnesses? You have heard his blasphemy. What is your decision? 
All of them condemned him as deserving death. Some began to spit on him, to blindfold him, and to strike him, saying to him, prophesy. The guards also took him over and beat him. Let's pray together. Lord Jesus, we praise and worship and honor you this morning. We give thanks for this word, for who you are, and we trust in you, our Messiah. We ask for the illumination of your Holy Spirit this morning. And God, I ask for the gift of preaching. It's in the name of Jesus, the Messiah, we pray. Amen. The fourth richest man in the world is Warren Buffett. You've probably heard that name before. He runs a large investment holding company called Berkshire Hathaway in Omaha, Nebraska. And like other CEOs, Buffett writes an annual letter to his shareholders, updating them on the company. And I'm sure that these letters are usually pretty positive because it's a really successful company. But 2008 was different. 2008, of course, as we all remember, the Great Recession caused this incredible economic downturn around the world, and Berkshire Hathaway was no exception. So Warren Buffett had to inform his shareholders in the letter of an actual 62% drop in net income for the company that year. And he also wanted to warn investors from these kind of overly optimistic predictions and these faulty mathematical methods that had sort of even led to some of the economic downturn. And so he wanted to warn them to be a little bit more cautious going forward. And so he included this advice in his letter. He said, our advice, beware of geeks bearing formulas. Beware of geeks bearing formulas. Now, there's meaning there on the surface, but if you listen closely, you'll hear that Buffett is actually echoing a kind of English proverb that says, beware of Greeks bearing gifts. All right, beware of Greeks bearing gifts, of course, referring to the story of the Trojan horse. Right, when the Greeks come up to the city of Troy and they give this gift of a wooden horse that actually has Greeks inside who open the city gates and allow the Greeks to take the city of Troy. So Buffett is saying something on the surface, but when you listen for that echo, you'll hear something deeper. He's saying, hey, beware. It might look like a gift, but these gifts from some of these, these economists might actually be booby-trapped. Right? They might blow up in your face. Echoes are a powerful way to communicate. Echoes are a powerful way to communicate, and our children know this, right? When they echo our own words back to us, it's very fun to hear those words. They sound a lot different coming back to us than they do going to our kids, don't they? Kids know this. CEOs know this, and the Gospel of Mark itself knows that echoes are a very powerful way to communicate. Ben started off our series telling us that in Mark 8, we have the central question of this Gospel. Who do you say that I am? Jesus asks. And if we really want to know who Jesus is in the Gospel of Mark, if we really want to know Jesus, we have to listen for the echo. 
There's always something happening on the surface in Mark. But if we really want to know the identity of Jesus, if we really want to know how to follow him, we have to listen for the deeper resonances of the echoes. And one of the most important echoes that we get in Mark happens in chapter 14. It happens in our text this morning. So let's go ahead and jump right back into chapter 14, verse 53. They took Jesus to the high priest, and all the chief priests, the elders, and the scribes were assembled. Peter had followed him at a distance right into the courtyard of the high priest, and he was sitting with the guards, warming himself at the fire. I just want to pause for a second to remind you that Peter is in this story. Remember, it's Peter who in chapter 8 actually answers Jesus' question, right? Jesus says, who do you say that I am? Peter says, you are the Messiah. And so right here in chapter 14, Mark is telling these stories all at once. He likes to to interweave stories together. So he's telling us about Jesus' trial before the Sanhedrin, and he's telling us about Peter right there in the courtyard denying Jesus three times, the famous story. And so Jesus is before the Sanhedrin, the high council, the high priest, Caiaphas. And Jesus is on trial, really. And it says that they're trying to find a way to sentence him to death. And so they bring forth a bunch of people who bear false witness. They're they're lying. Their testimonies don't line up. And finally, Caiaphas, the high priest, gets up and he says this. He says he stood up in verse 60 before them and asked Jesus, Have you no answer? What is it that they testify against you? But he was silent, and Jesus did not answer. Again, the high priest asked him, Are you the Messiah, the Son of the Blessed One? We got to pause to hear that echo. And our, our translation doesn't help us hear it, really, because our translation phrases Caiaphas's question, Are you the Messiah? But we can also phrase things, like I could say, are you John Osborne? Or I could phrase it as a statement with a question mark at the end, right? I could say, you are John Osborne? Question mark. And the latter one is what Caiaphas actually does. In the original Greek, Caiaphas doesn't actually say, are you the Messiah? He says, you are the Messiah, the son of the blessed one. Do you hear the echo now? In Mark chapter 8, Jesus says, who do you say that I am? Peter says, you are the Messiah. In Mark chapter 14, Caiaphas repeats those exact four words. You are the Messiah? Question mark. Caiaphas is echoing Peter's words. But Caiaphas is using them as a cudgel against Jesus. Caiaphas is echoing Peter, and here's the kicker. Where is Peter? Peter's in the courtyard. Peter's about to deny Jesus. While Peter was below in the courtyard, one of the servant girls of the high priest came by. When she saw Peter warming himself, she stared at him and said, You also were with Jesus, the man from Nazareth. But he denied it, saying, I do not know or understand what you are talking about. And he went out into the forecourt, 
Then the cock crowed, and the servant girl, on seeing him, began again to say to the bystanders, this man is one of them, but again he denied it. Then after a little while, the bystanders again said to Peter, certainly you are one of them, for you are a Galilean. But he began to curse, and he swore an oath, I do not know this man you are talking about. At that moment, the cock crowed for the second time. Then Peter remembered that Jesus had said to him, before the cock crows twice, you will deny me three times. And Peter broke down and wept. Just when Caiaphas is echoing Peter's exact words as a weapon against Jesus, as a question, Peter's in the courtyard denying even knowing the Messiah. Peter's trying to to soundproof, to silence these echoes of Jesus that are happening around him, that are tying him to the Messiah on trial. Caiaphas is echoing Peter's words as a question, but he's not going to get the truth. He won't accept the truth if he hears it, and he really is just using this question to silence Jesus with the ultimate silence of death. Caiaphas and Peter are trying to silence, trying to soundproof themselves against the echoes of Jesus. Jesus is powerfully reverberating around both of these scenes, but they're trying to keep it tamped down. If you're with us in the room this morning, I'm sorry if you're on the live stream, but you can look around and see actual soundproofing at work. Maybe you haven't noticed this before, but we have some gray panels along the back balcony wall and the lower wall and the tech booth. Those, I don't know if you, maybe you've never noticed them. Maybe you just thought they were decoration. Those are actual sound panels. They're sound absorbent panels to kind of help reduce the clanging off the walls, the echoing in this room. And even above, if we look up here, We've got sound tiles, also not decoration. These are also, we hired an acoustician to tell us, hey, how do we kind of get control of the sound in the room? And these were also what they recommended to us to kind of keep the sound under control, right? We have good reason to soundproof and absorb the sound because we're amplifying a lot of it and we don't want you to walk in and think, ah, whoa, that sounds terrible. So we've got sound paneling and soundproofing, and that makes sense in this room. But last week, Ben mentioned St. Peter's Basilica. And St. Peter's Basilica got to be in the top three of the most historic, beautiful, important churches in human history. And what if we were to go into St. Peter's Basilica and just plaster the walls with sound panels? Right? What if we were to just go in there and, and plaster over the frescoes and the paintings and the sculptures with sound-absorbent panels and we hang sound tiles from those high Renaissance ceilings? It would be an absolute tragedy, right? It, w- it would be desecration. Because St. Peter's is a beautiful, beautiful church and it is made to echo. Part of the whole beauty and purpose of this cathedral built to the Lord is for it to echo with beautiful, holy music. 
not only would the sound panels be a sore to the eyes, it would be a sore to the ears, right? We would lose something truly vital about the purpose of the way this building was made. Church, our lives are exactly to be this, to the words and the work of Jesus. Our lives are a cathedral to the Lord and we are built to echo him. Our lives are built as a cathedral to echo the words and the work of Jesus, to let the words of Jesus reverberate on our walls, to let the actions of Jesus reverberate in our bodies. And if we can't hear the echoes of Jesus in our lives, we've got a serious problem. If we can't hear the echoes of Jesus in our lives, then we, like Caiaphas, like Peter, have gotten really good at soundproofing. We've gotten really good at soundproofing the noise of Jesus, at tamping down the music of Jesus. We've gotten really good at kind of keeping it under control so that it doesn't echo too much or cause a ruckus and disturb the neighbors. If we can't hear the echoes of Jesus, we've gotten really good at soundproofing it. But think of the greatest Christians you've ever heard of. Think of the greatest Christians you've ever met. Think of the saints that are residing in this very church right now. Jesus is bouncing off the walls of their life. Right? He's he's ringing out the message. You you can hear him all over the things that they say, the things that they do. Jesus is resounding in their lives powerfully because they are cathedrals, just as we are. And we have been built to echo the words and the work of the Messiah. But in Mark 14, nobody wants Jesus to ring out. They're soundproofing Jesus. They're trying to silence those echoes. Nobody wants the truth to ring out in Mark 14, right? The other people are testifying falsely against him. In fact, the only one who rings out the truth in Mark 14, Jesus. Caiaphas asks in verse 61, are you the Messiah? You are the Messiah, the son of the blessed one? Jesus said, I am. And you will see the Son of Man seated at the right hand of the power and coming with the clouds of heaven. Then the high priest tore his clothes and said, Why do we still need witnesses? You have heard his blasphemy. What is your decision? All of them condemned him as deserving death. This is really significant. Because this is the very first time in Mark's gospel that Jesus openly says who he is. Chapter 14. Remember, this is a couple chapters from the very end all the way into chapter 14. It's been hinted at. It's been danced around. It's been questions. Other people have said things. This is the first time in the whole gospel Jesus explicitly says, I'm the Messiah. I am. But listen for the echo that comes right after that. Because Jesus echoes, as he so often does, a couple of Old Testament scriptures. 
Jesus echoes from the book of Daniel here when he talks about being the son of man coming with the clouds of heaven. And then Jesus also echoes Psalm 110. He says, I'll be seated at the right hand of the power. You'll see me seated at the right hand of the power. So if we listen for that deeper resonance, if we listen for the echo, if we follow it back to Psalm 110, we'll find that Psalm 110 is a psalm about God as judge. It's a psalm about God dismantling the rule of the kings of this earth and ruling over the nations himself. It's a psalm about the Lord seated at the right hand of the power, ruling as judge. It's about the judgment of God. But, where's Jesus quoting this? Jesus is on trial. Jesus is standing before the Sanhedrin, standing before the high priest. Jesus himself right now, in other words, is under judgment. But when Jesus echoes Psalm 110, he reverses the polarity of the story. When Jesus echoes Psalm 110, he turns the courtroom inside out because Jesus is saying, yeah, you think you're judging me right now, but guess what? You're going to see me come as judge. You're going to see me coming with the clouds of heaven. You're going to see me seated at the right hand of the power, and Caiaphas, you think you're calling me to account. I'm calling you to account. You think, I'm in judgment right now, but I am the judge, right? This is the the central question of Mark is, who do you say that Jesus is? But once Jesus admits who he is, once we actually see him as Messiah, we see that it was not just about what we say of Jesus, it's about what Jesus judges of us. When we hear the echoes of Psalm 110, We see that following Jesus is not just about what we say about him. Jesus judges us. And when Jesus comes as the judge of the living and the dead, we don't place a question mark next to Jesus. He places a question mark next to us. Unlike Caiaphas, we don't try to ask him for an account. He calls us to account, and here's the account he asks for, church. Here's the question. When Jesus comes as judge, will he find his echoes in your life? When Jesus comes as the judge of the living and the dead, will he hear his music resounding off your walls, reverberating in your words and your actions? Because when Jesus comes as the judge of the living and the dead, He's going to rip down all the sound panels. He's going to fling down the sound tiles. And Jesus is going to let his truth and goodness and beauty finally resound eternally forever. When Jesus comes, will he hear his echoes in your life? Because church, when Jesus comes as judge, as Ben and I have said before, that's good news. 
The judgment of God is good news because then we'll finally see clearly for the very first time. Then we'll finally see right from wrong. Then we'll finally see God righting all wrongs. When Jesus comes as judge, he shows up with the reign of God and he says, here's the good news. Believe it and let it ring out in your lives. Church, let's stand and praise the Son of the Blessed One, the Messiah, Jesus, this morning.